senseless bullshit comedy That's of the fine, 90s. That's fine, dude. I was dying. I'm fucking 34, man. And I was dying at all. The thing about this movie is I know everything that's about to happen i've watched this movie since i was like five and i knew everything that was coming and i still laugh my ass off every single time he steps on the bubble wrap every time that he pretends to play football with himself every time oh my god dude this movie is so fucking stupid humor it's it's literally like what started me on like i think really dumb noises are really funny it's so devoid of value. I just... I'm so aware. <laughs> I'm so aware. Scott, the stuff you like is worthless. All right. So Thank um, you. <laughs> being horrible. Um, it's my brand. <clears throat> hey. Hey, you. Did you know that Alfred Hitchcock's legendary classic Psycho from 1960 was the first film that ever featured a toilet flushing? Did you also know that the movie The Goonies was shot completely in order from scene A to Z? Did you know that we have a Patreon? (laughs) Well, check it out. You can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website. It's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month. It really helps us out and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us. But for now, honestly, I really hope you just enjoy this episode. It's why all dried fruit is technically kind of bad for you. Like, hey, it's fuck just... you, dude. Banana well, there's... chips are dope. I mean, yeah, but like, it's like a dried mango. I could eat like seven mangoes <laughs> dried, but then it, then you ate seven mangoes, and that's not great. Like... <laughs> Which I think should go on my permanent record. Yeah, I've totally done that before. Before I understood the concept of like caloric density and that that's not <laughs> good for you. Like, it's so... <laughs> no. Um. Why are we I wish, here? I, I wish I hadn't thrown out that bag of pistachios. That's why we're here. So, no, we're here. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking about it. Like, man, I know I made the right decision, but also I regret it. But like a part of you is like, why did I do that? Why did I have to do the right thing? <laughs> um, I've made so many wrong decisions. I had so much Indian food on Saturday and passed out. The point is, we're here to talk about Jim Carrey and his first ever appearance to the timeline. It's in- true. We had a we had three choices to make, by the way, guys, in 1994. Yeah. Yep, we did. We could have done what we are here to talk about, which is Ace Ventura Pet Detective, or we could have done The Mask or Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. But we went with Pet Detective, and this was his first big movie. It was his breakout movie, yeah. Yeah, and this was huge in the 90s. I freaking loved this movie when I was, like, way too young to be watching it like the year is 1994 <laughs> dude re-watching this i was like there is so much just unabashed sex in this movie it's like out of control seven years old it's so strange but but let, before we get too far ahead of ourselves because yeah that's like a lot of what we're going to talk about tell me about this this crazy yeah. <laughs> who's responsible um, for this nonsense a lot of people are responsible for this nonsense. Um, so Tom Shadyak was the director, and the film was written collaboratively by Shadyak, 
uh, Jack Bernstein and Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey actually had a lot of influence on the script in this in this movie. Um, in addition to the comedic mastermind of Carrie, the film also stars Courtney Cox as Melissa, Sean Young as Einhorn, and Dan Marino as Dan Marino. Like, you get the <laughs> point. Like, and Snowflake is Snowflake. Actually, I don't think the dolphin's real name was Snowflake. I don't. Who knows? Who cares? But that ta- <laughs> that takes us. The animal's probably dead by now, which is a horrible thing to say. But That's... this movie was made like twenty years ago. So. Absolutely, it's made a lot more than twenty years ago, Scott. This thirty is... years ago. So this is thirty oh, years God, ago. I'm old. Yes, we are. <laughs> Fucking a, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the plot of this movie. What happened in this film that made me ha ha and he he quite often. Um, when the beloved mascot of the Miami Dolphins is kidnapped on the eve of the Super Bowl, pet detective and eccentric animal lover Ace Ventura is called in to solve the mystery before time runs out. So good. It is. It is the most basic plot that ever plotted. You can stream it on Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Which is actually the first time in a while we've had a movie that's on multiple platforms. I do want to throw that out there. Yeah, and you didn't have to pay for it. Like, it just was on Amazon. And it wasn't like some other other times where I say, this is on Amazon, but it turns out it's on Stars. Like $3.99 or Stars, yeah. Well, no, it's because I have my friend's Star subscription. So when I pull stuff up on Amazon, I'm like, oh, "Oh, it's on Amazon. But, like, low-key, it's it's there because I have access to Outlander. Hell yeah, I remembered the show. (laughs) Damn right you did. That was good. That was well done. It doesn't happen very often. I would have said The Flash, honestly, if I knew that wasn't already wrong. That's so wrong. Uh, nor did I ever finish the last season of The Flash because it's not very good. It's not. You guys heard it here live recorded. Yeah, it's true. My This podcast is really just a, a legacy of me falling out of love with <laughs> DC's Flash. Being hella in love with The Flash and then having a serious problem with every other speedster and then not being in love with the flash anymore. <laughs> my anger's rekindled having just rewatched WandaVision. So Oh my god, I know. Yeah, get stoked everybody. I'm mad Dude, again I'm about so stuff. I'm so proud of you though. Like you are doing a fantastic job of this MCU rewatch and I have been enjoying every single text. It's it's been it's been really eye-opening. I've been enjoying the hell out of my timeline rewatch and I'm ready for us to talk about like a phase four closeout after quantum mania. I think we'll probably do a special episode. Um, maybe, uh, maybe just on the Patreon. We'll see. Yeah. So make sure you guys subscribe there to get that stuff, but we'll definitely be doing a phase four retrospective that I feel way more confident to go into, given that I've now rewatched pretty much all of phase four, including the shows. I'm all up to the it, end of yeah. she Hulk now on my what rewatch. So we're oh, you're getting, basically done. The only um, thing you have left is black Panther. No, I think there's still uh miss Marvel is still on there. In the timeline order, it's Miss Marvel still comes after She-Hulk. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a couple things left for me, but I'm getting real close. So anyway, let's go to the timeline. Let's go to the timeline indeed. Speaking it's- of timeline watches. Speaking of timeline and what we do here. This is our first time, guys. Right. No pun intended. All right, the year is 1994. Uh, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana dries, dies tragically to suicide. The Beastie Boys coined the term mullet. Forrest Gump is released and Friends has its first season. 
Michael Crichton becomes the only person ever to have a number one novel, Disclosure, and the number one TV show, ER, at the same time. If you guys didn't know that Michael Crichton, the author of Jurassic Park, was involved in ER, I strongly recommend you go listen to the Jurassic Park episode because it's a fucking wild ride how that happened. It is. And I'd like to reiterate how much I love Michael Crichton and that I believe that he should be given all of the rights to Ready Player One and just redo that whole thing. I think he should too. Just make it fantastic. You know what's weird? Why is this so low on the tomato meter? This this is insane to me. Forty eight percent on the tomato meter and fifty seven percent audience score. I don't think it's weird. I think this movie's actually not very good, <laughs> and it was weirdly popular. And we'll talk about all the ways that this was like a strange adventure. It was a strange point in the evolution of comedy in the zeitgeist, right? So we'll we'll get into it. It's like this is this movie's fucking weird. So. I'm sort of not surprised by it. Seven-year-old me loved this, but apparently most people did not, despite its Most adults who can use the computer without their parents' permission did not. Yes, exactly. And as we often wonder on these movies, I don't know when these reviews were left. This is the tomato meter. This yeah. is not like, you know, Cisco. This isn't us running a review. poll, guys. Yeah, we're not. Well, I didn't look into the historical reviews of this. I just pulled out Rotten Tomatoes. So who knows? Uh, from whence these reviews came, but um, at the Oscars, Schindler's List wins for Best, best Picture in '94. Another Steven Spielberg film, indeed, indeed, and actually Spielberg this time, not Zemeckis, as I <laughs> previously, while Lindsay was getting drunk last week, <laughs> <laughs> fucking up the timeline. Uh, but Jim Carrey did win, despite this movie's clear lack of popularity uh, on mm-hmm. the tomato meter. Jim Carrey did win a, a Kids Choice Award for favorite movie actor but um, not for this movie not necessarily for this movie it was just for 94 because dumb and dumber and the mask also came out so jim carrey was just like favorite actor of the year like he just put out a ton of shit that was popular ish kind of but that people yeah. knew about like it's a weird it's weird he had all like, all three, three of these movies, movies i quote regularly like Ugh, i hate that i'm like i hated Dumb and Dumber, and I oh my God. watched The Mask because I liked Ace Ventura a lot as a kid, as a seven-year-old, but yeah. I fucking hated Dumb and Dumber. I was like, this is the stupidest shit that ever was stupid. Oh my God, dude. I quote that with the the my family that I watch uh, football with. By the way, shout out to Ryan, Ricky, Kristen, Brian, <clears throat> Julie, Rick, and their lovely dogs. Um, whenever I'm over there, if something happens... Or like we can't find something or someone will always be like, Harry, I took care of it. Or like, and all of that. I don't know why, dude. That just like that shit gets quoted all the time. You couldn't pay me to rewatch that. Like if you had said like we're doing Dumb and Dumber, I don't know. I don't know, man. She would have subbed Matt in real hard. I really would have just been like, I quit the podcast. I'm not doing Dumb and Dumber. Like (laughs) I just, I fucking hate Dumb and Dumber. It's just so stupid. I And you know how I feel about that. Like it's the. No, I know. Just generally, if there's. Like I and I kind of feel the same way about this movie. I I really kind of agreed to do it because I do think it's important that we talk about Jim Carrey, and we will. But this was anyway. I love you. I I don't care that I live up on my ivory tower. I don't give a fuck. I'm right about this. I hate this stupid, senseless bullshit comedy. That's fine, dude. I was dying. I'm fucking 34, man, and I was dying at all. 
the thing about this movie is I know everything that's about to happen. I've watched this movie since I was like five and I knew everything that was coming. And I still laugh my ass off every single time he steps on the bubble wrap. Every time that he pretends to play football with himself. Every Ugh. time. Oh my God, dude. It, this movie is so fucking stupid humor. It's it's literally like what started me on like, I think really dumb noises are really funny. It's so devoid of value. I just. I'm so aware. <laughs> I'm so aware. Scott, the stuff you like is worthless. All right. So. Thank um, you. <laughs> being horrible um it's my brand yes. picket fences wins the emmy frazier so i know but and because it's mostly because we don't know what the fuck it is like because we because i'm like what is the show that was so like so i don't know what that means but for my gen xers i hope you enjoyed picket fences uh frazier won for comedy and laurie metcalf and kirstie alley r.i.p both won awards this year yeah so i feel like we do this once a week now but rest in peace, Kirstie Alley. She just passed away earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are fans of the early 2000s and in that skateboard culture and all that stuff, uh, Bam Margera was rushed to the hospital and put on ventilation for uh, COVID pneumonia. Last thing I heard was he was doing better um, and off ventilation, but he is still slow going to leave the hospital. So I'm sure by this time next week, we'll have already been telling you about someone else. Yeah, it's kind of, we're starting to just sort of have an in memoriam section, but that's what mm-hmm. happens when we're all we old get older now and yeah. yeah, I mean, and the, the people who were famous in the eighties and nineties who were older then, or who were like adults then are like much older now and shit happens, but it is sad. Um, I actually made this note before Kirstie Alley died. I was I just know. like, hey, Kirstie Alley won an Emmy. Anyway, uh, The Lion King was the top grocer. Ace Ventura made just over $72 million, so not too bad. Not too bad for a comedy. For one that was, like, unpopular, too, apparently. Yeah, for bit. real. Yeah. Um, And then there is a sequel. So Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, came out in 1995, just the next year, which mm-hmm. is like, Jesus God, they were yeah, really... They were just pushing this shit. There is technically a third one of uh ace ventura jr but i've never seen it and i don't have the mental capacity to sit through that so you guys are on your own on that one i didn't have the mental capacity to even google that like i didn't (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah i was like and i remember when nature calls and i hate myself and i can't believe we're doing this let's talk about jim carrey (laughs) yeah let's get out of the timeline and get into the potatoes and the meat I said it backwards. You did. That's okay, yeah. though. We can we can eat both of those in whatever order we choose. It's true. I'm an adult, guys. If I want to make a toaster strudel, I'm going to make a toaster strudel. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> it's Mr. Um, Blue. Oh, hi, Mr. Blue. So here's my like biggest thing about this movie is this only worked because Jim Carrey had so much input. And if you if you go back and look at it and like throughout the creation of the movie. And like the filming and everything like the original idea for the movie was that he was supposed to be an idiot and like just like goofy. And then everybody was like, that's just the Pink Panther, but with animals now. Hmm. And so he was like, what if we made him like crazy and eccentric and goofy? But he was also just really good at his job, too. And I think 
that's what makes this work so well is you're not watching a bumbling moron you're like yeah dude this guy's like crazy as shit um but he also like is really good at his fucking job like he picked fucking einhorn out of the the miami's roster just by glancing at it right like that shit is insane yeah he uh it's kind of a sherlock holmes thing that he's doing yeah uh like i don't know like sherlock holmes but weird in a different way right that's kind of what this is trying to do but you know what? I, we're not gonna we're not gonna continue with Jim Carrey. We're gonna we're gonna shake this up a little bit. Lindsay, why don't you like this movie? I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. Let's let's take this this out of order. Even though we all know what that does to my OCD. Yes. To see our full notes and um, my OCD in full. And how this should have gone. Being unfucked by Scott. Please yep. sign up to the Patreon and you can see the full notes documents. Um, no, I think I so for this movie, this is kind of like it's something wicked weird this way comes, right? Like yeah. it's just it's just so strange. Um I and and I will say, like, this is the one that I kind of like, right? Like of the of the Jim Carrey movies that we had in our arsenal for 1994, this is the one I kind of like and that I really liked as a kid. So I think that's why I tolerate it now, but it's just so fucking stupid. And it doesn't really make sense to me. Why? Like, like it's kind of this weird, like proto Will Ferrell thing happening. Um, but without, the intelligence that I think Will Ferrell brings to the writing of the jokes or that whoever his team is, right? Like whoever does that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I can't say for sure whether he writes all his own jokes, but um, it's kind of like that. We're like an anchor man. This is like a proto anchor man where in that movie, kind of everybody around him is weird or is kind of normal. Sorry, but he's really weird. Like the one guy, like the main character is fucking yeah. out there, but everyone else around him is kind of grounded. And they're like, why are you so weird? Um, but you mean like, whereas in Anchorman, everybody is weird like that. Well, a lot of people are in Anchorman, but in the Will Ferrell movies, there's usually like him and like the antagonist and like sometimes his crew, mm-hmm. right? Like in Anchorman, it's like the rest of the, the, news anchors or whatever news the team. rest of the news team yeah or in um talladega nights it's like just him and his partner and his pit crew yeah but for the most part everyone else around them are like kind of normal and they're mm. like why are you so fucking weird especially the women right the women are mm-hmm. always like what the fuck like why are you like this um or in uh old school not yeah old school is a good example of it we're like, he's fucking crazy. I do too. But everybody else around him is like totally normal. And yeah. those those ones that are made in the 2000s, like the Will Ferrell movies, like Sandler and Carrie are doing in the 90s. And I think they make it a little bit smarter. Like there's a, it's a little bit more meta. Like the jokes that are being yeah. made are a little bit more, I think, intelligent than Jim Carrey just like making fucking sounds. Right. Yeah. Like, cause that's all it is. Like there's not actually, I think very much intelligence behind the humor, which is like the kind of thing that I personally think is funny. And that's my personal taste. It's not an objective truth. Right. No. Um, And I think you're, I think there's a good, that's a good point is throughout the movie. He's, he's just a zany person, but it doesn't really, 
it doesn't come from like him pretending to be Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock in the dolphin tank does nothing for him being able to find the gemstone in the drain. It's just him being weird. It's just him him being weird. Yeah. And this is what I liked about it as a kid. It's the minions effect. When I was seven years old and he said, all righty then. I was like, oh my God, it's the funniest thing that's ever. And I just, it's not my taste now. Like it's still like, sure. It's still, it got a smile out of me for nostalgic. It's not like I was watching this just being like, Bah humbug. You I know, totally but pictured like, you with your arms crossed. Like I fucking hate Scott right now. <laughs> no, it, but trust if we had done Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and I would have quit. Yeah. I would have just been like, Scott, I love you, but I'm not doing this. Like I fucking hate <laughs> this so much. I, but it is just him making noises. But we did like my mom used to say Allahu Zahar like so much, and oh, that yeah. used to crack me up as a kid. But it's the minion effect. That's what this is. Jim Carrey's comedy in these these early '90s movies for me is mostly just the minion effect. I don't see a lot of comedic value in what he's doing beyond that, beyond just being like, Oh, look how weird it is. Like, and I'm like, great. I don't, uh, and, but that again is just me being kind of an asshole. And for, and for those who are longtime listeners, you know that sometimes I'm just kind of an asshole. Like sometimes I'm just like, no, I'm better than this. Smarter than this, I hate it. <laughs> Smarter than this fucking animal detective, and that's like super obnoxious. And if you find me obnoxious for that opinion, then I completely get it. Like, like that's totally fine. So tell me why, like, why do you like this? So I have the mentality of a seven-year-old. <laughs> I so wish maybe I, could, I am I, right. Maybe I. <laughs> no, you are. I wish I could word it differently. I really do because up to this point, I feel like I've per- like portrayed myself as a rather intelligent person. And now I'm like, he stepped on bubble wrap. That's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Even just saying it right now, I'm like, Scott, you're a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's physical comedy. It's a situational comedy. It's him being wild and weird. And you know what I think it is? I think it's nostalgia. I think it's pure nostalgia for me. This was something that I watched with with my family. It's something that I watched with my extended family. We quoted it all the time. Every time I got out of the car for school, I would say, take care now. Bye-bye then. Or something. Or my mom would say that to me. Or um, every time I, like, try to open the – or I I unlock the front door, I do what he does to alert the animals on the inside when Hector Salamanca is at the front door. Oh my god, that was the best. That was the best yeah, part of this movie. Awesome. Was being like, oh my god, Hector. <laughs> yes, Satan. <laughs> oh my god. It's like, and I think that's where like a big part of like how my humor works came from was like, oh, the adults around me when I was a kid thought this was funny. This is something that I should think is funny, and right. so I started like, I growing up, I didn't really care for the mask. Um. I don't know why there was just something weirdly not funny to me about it. I think I remember that the mask is actually a little more adult. I I haven't seen it in 30 years, so I, I really couldn't tell you. But like I, I remember not loving it, even though I did see it because I love Jim Carrey. Yeah, like it's it's weird, but it's weird in a cartoon way. Because he gets these powers. It's basically it's Ace Ventura if Ace Ventura had cartoon powers. That's what it is. That sounds right. Like he did a lot of where he was doing the same thing over and over again, and in the, and but he was 
that's what he was cast to do in all three of these movies that came out in 1994. Yeah, uh, so. I mean, Dumb and Dumber has less physical humor. It's more just him being an absolute fucking idiot. But mm-hmm. I will say this for The Mask. It was um, Cameron Diaz's first movie. And holy shit. She is smoking hot in that movie. She's smoking hot in that movie. Cameron Diaz is smoking hot, so I'm sure she was even smoking hotter 30 years ago. Smoking hotter. Yeah, I believe that. Zuko agrees. Does agree. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like, like I'll I'll tell I'll like I'll be honest with you. I laugh harder at liar liar than I do at this. Liar liar is a much. So let's let's then I. I swear to God, my OCD is going to either be cured or completely reach a breaking point uh, for doing <laughs> this podcast with you. Like, I'm either going to be better or it's going to flip out one day. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's let's pause on this track because we're going to start talking about some more plot specific stuff. And let's go back to kind of finish the conversation on Jim Carrey and the on historical Carrey, piece around yeah. this. Because so like it's. It is important, I think, for us to talk about this, even though I don't love it, even though it's mm-hmm. not. And maybe you just made this flow better. Maybe it just needs to be broken up a little better by you. Maybe you're curing you're me. I'm, I'm getting some flexibility in my my thought processes. <laughs> She's not so much of an asshole. <laughs> I'm holding it down. Uh, but yeah, it's probably worth talking about him. Like we weren't going to do this movie, right? This wasn't all. No, the we actually. Uh, the first Jim Carrey movie we were going to do is actually going to be for our Christmas special if we hadn't done this. It, well, technically, that's done already. We did Jim well, Carrey or, last yeah. year, right? We just yeah. didn't talk about him that much in the Christmas Carol, but we'll see him again uh, next week in The Grinch. But yeah, it we I think it is worth talking about this because he was huge, right? So this yeah. we said was his breakout role. He was thirty two when this movie was made, yeah. and we get as we said the big movies we've talked about in ninety four in Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber, but. In 95, he's back for Ace Ventura 2 and Batman Forever. And we'll talk about that quite a lot when we get there, which will be pretty soon in 95. Then in 96, he does The Cable Guy. Guy. In 97, he does Liar Liar. 98, he has The Truman Show. 99, he does Man on the Moon. And then he does The Grinch in 2000. And it keeps going. Like He has like pretty big name stuff every year, but that's his first six years leading up to the millennium. Um, and it's kind of unbelievable. Can you mention doing all of that at 32 and 33 and just being putting out that many movies in a handful of years and being that popular and making that much money in six years? Well, if even like even, and just the rest of your life after that, because it doesn't yeah, stop. The list real, does he, not stop. I he just, slows down a little bit in the late 2000s. Um, the like he would disappear from comedy for a little bit and he would come back with Yes, Man. You have to think about it, too. Like. Dude, 94, he did this. He did Dumb and Dumber. He did The Mask. 95, he's doing Batman Forever and Ace Ventura 2. Literally every year, he's got a movie coming out. Think about how long it takes to make a movie. He is going nonstop for like seven years. It's no wonder that he talked about getting burnt out so quickly, Mm -hmm. despite how well all these movies did. Yeah, because he came on the scene and just burned so hot. And the yeah. fact that he's stayed and he's like still making movies ish. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, His big one right now is Sonic. Oh, right. I forgot that he's in that. Um, He's actually like a pretty good actor, which mm-hmm. I've mentioned Adam Sandler a couple times already today, but 
they have a lot in common. Uh, Sandler is going to come on the scene in 95, right? Yeah, so right now he's basically on SNL, and, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, and and then, then he's doing all the, like, Lunch Lady Land songs and, and like... He makes Billy Madison in 95. Billy Madison in 95. So he's about to, like, leave SNL. He's in his last season of SNL when this comes out. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot in common where they both got famous from this, like, weird brand of comedy that was, like, new and didn't make any fucking sense to anybody, but but was popular enough that they kept making these movies. Like, even if the Rotten Tomatoes score was low, I think it's without question that these were still really big movies and that yeah. he was a super famous actor and comedian during the 90s and 2000s like he like people didn't like low-key hate him and he kept making all this stuff like it was going like he was it was one of those things where it's like you know what it is he's the precursor to will ferrell i think that's what i was that's what i said no no i mean like will ferrell himself not will ferrell movies he like okay i was like you say that like we didn't just talk about it no i know (laughs) it's a revelation to you scott i know so like the 90s was jim carrey and then like in 2000s was when we started getting all of these will ferrell hits we got old school anchorman dodgeball he wasn't in dodgeball uh zoolander um, uh, yeah, but you're also getting along the same lines. Like, there's a whole comedic troupe coming up. But that's what Bill, I mean. Right? Like, like uh, uh, Steve Carell's in there. Right. It wasn't just this, like, one person where in the 80s, like, comedy was kind of centered around, like, Chevy Chase and, uh, like, one or two, you know, like, other people. They, yeah, like but Jim Will Ferrell Carey was the like, center of it. I would agree. Will Ferrell and was would, kind of the center of everything. I would agree that Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler are the center of uh, of comedy in the '90s, and yeah. where, where they both kind of do a weird brand of comedy. Where like they're an idiot, right? Like think about Billy Madison. Yeah. Like the plot is like he's a fucking idiot. I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> It's I think I think that's why it did so well in the 90s was everybody had that like that's so funny he's like an idiot can you imagine if an adult went back to like fifth grade or whatever like wouldn't that be fucking that's hilarious oh my god yeah. that guy is like this lawyer can't lie and like all this well, wild that was shit. smarter here's the thing or even like click right clicks another, click that's an is adam a great sandler movie. movie yeah that are they get smarter in the 2000s yeah, this is I my beef with the is. 90s is like those are at least some pretty solid premises like liar liar has a great premise that allows yes, for does. jim carrey to be funny in the way that he is that with a great sense. premise and 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 like Ace Ventura is just fucking weird. Like it's just such a strange plot and premise. It's so <laughs> like it's it's weird. But but let's talk about like some more of a brand of comedy before we get there. Because uh, I know I know we get a lot of improv in this that gets set up by Robin Williams, right? Because that's the other big force right. of comedy in the nineties that we don't want to forget, obviously. But he was late eighties, early nineties, and this movie kind of marks the takeover of like. Robin Williams, for instance, is smart. His comedy is smart. Yeah. He's not insane. He's not just doing... Like, yeah, he's insane. He's moving around a lot. He's saying stuff really fast. He's doing whatever. But 
there's stuff underneath his comedy. This is never like, you're never going to be like, why is Ace Ventura like that? Like no one has ever been like, I wonder what happened to Ace Ventura in his childhood to make him this way. Yeah. Like, no. why is he fucking so weird? And yeah, it's not no done. It's not done in the way of like, it's this weird in between middle step that was like really popular. Right. Because it's not like Will Ferrell yeah. stuff where it's like, Oh yeah, no, he's totally weird, but it's like the, the oeuvre of the whole world that he yeah. lives in, like we talked about, right? Like <laughs> some people are kind of normal, but a lot of the people around him are kind of crazy. And it, like, are the parents yeah. and stepbrothers. They're yeah. like, what the They're fuck are they like, like this? Dude, are you serious? Like but what they the just, fuck? But both the kids are just totally crazy. And it's like, why yeah. are they like this? And all of society's like, yeah, okay, weird. But, it's shark week. But there's like, <laughs> I love that movie. But there's a lot of like people with around them that are also weird and then there's some where it's like kind of fourth wall breaky like whereas ace ventura is like the only one who's like this everybody just like is like what the fuck and i don't know talk to me about the improv stuff before we get into the so hold on i do have i do have a question for you though um because Mm -hmm. we are talking about how comedy kind of evolved in 2000 where would you put like super bad and like nick and nora's infinite playlist those are the next step in the evolution of it. That's after Will Ferrell and his... Okay. I mean, and there's overlap, of course. None of this yeah. is perfect science. It's not like we'll never see like Robin Williams again, right? Like, it's not... But it, but yeah, I would say that um, some of the big markers in the way that like the comedy zeitgeist changes are like Robin Williams coming on, Jim Carrey coming on, Will Ferrell coming on, and, the, and Superbad itself. And I think... Somewhere in there is American Pie. American Pie starts that very adult, like a rated R comedy. Yeah, I think American Pie is where we get stuff like Superbad and we get stuff like Sex Drive and Euro Trip and Road Trip and all that shit. The rated R comedy. Yeah. Yeah, Orange County is a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, American Pie started the R-rated comedy move and that should really get added to the timeline. Um. The only reason I ask is because I saw this thing the other day that was like Superbad could never work today. Superbad was the last like true coming of age high school movie. And the reason for that is because they didn't have smartphones. Everything that goes wrong in that mm-hmm. movie could have been solved immediately by a fucking smartphone immediately like that well yeah it's why you see a lot of stuff like done in the style of the umbrella academy where they don't have phones where they don't have them yeah yeah or sabrina like there's a lot of stuff that's made that way you're right but yeah i would i would say that super bad starts another age a little bit of comedy where there's and and also kind of a dying breed like there's a yeah that kind of went out until um neighbors was a good one that was of that, that was so good you know but a, lot of these guys, <laughs> a lot of these guys do end up being really good at sandler too with like a punch drunk club and we said like truman 51st show states, man truman on the moon. Show, man on the i love 51st states no but think about what uh um seth rogan has since done like he's like a real serious Academy oh, yeah. Award winning actor yeah. or nominated actor, right? Like think about like Wolf of Wall Street has Seth fucking Rogen in it and he got his start on Superbad. So a lot of these comedians, yeah, I we're all over the place talking about, we never really t- get to talk about comedy. We haven't done a we lot don't. of like, apart from things like Ghostbusters where we have a lot of overlap in the genres, like this yeah. is just a comedy 
Um, but it's, it is weird though. Like what must people have thought of this, like compared to something like Ghostbusters or back to the future or karate kid, like that's what comedy looked like. And then this fucking movie comes out. I think it did so well as a cult classic because it was just pure funny. Back to the future was drama. He had this ticking clock of like, dude, I've got to, you know, I've got to, I've got to stop my family from not existing anymore um karate kid was like yeah it's funny and he's learning a life lesson but he's also learning a fucking life lesson and he's also getting his ass kicked every like 30 seconds right ghostbusters was like scary and funny and it and i think this is like the first time where you're just like okay (laughs) that's all we're getting like and i think that's i think that's also a big reason why people didn't like it was they were like, uh, this, you're getting surface laughs, and that's it. And I think this is a good example of a popcorn movie in the sense that like people hate Transformers. But if you just go into Transformers, like I want to watch big-ass robots beat the shit out of each other, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, Transformers will be good like with with that, with that sound off. Yeah. <laughs> like, no dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like with some music in the background. Yeah. Like you just, so if you, but then like, if you look at this, it's like, this is just, if you're going into this wanting to laugh at some really dumb shit or some random comments here and there, there are funny and like smart references here and there. Like when he first gets to Roger Pedactor's apartment and Einhorn is like, who the hell let Dr. Doolittle in? Like, I just, stuff Mm -hmm. like that is really funny to me. And as I got older, I appreciate that kind of comedy more. Like, don't get me wrong. I still laugh my ass off when he steps on the bubble tape or the bubble wrap. Um, <laughs> when he pulls the arm of the cellist, which was not scripted, by the way. So, okay, that's a good, that's a good segue. God, I'm so good at this. Um, Jim Carrey kind of took over for Robin Williams in the sense of, like, improv. A lot of what Jim Carrey did throughout this was had his hand in the writing cookie jar. He wanted to be involved in the creation and the evolution of Ace Ventura. So everything that he did, he thought about while he was writing and then evolved it as he was like shooting it. Because like, if you think about it, it's really just Sherlock Holmes. If Sherlock Holmes took LSD for 60 years and only looked for animals. Because that's all this is. But it's set in like modern times. So people aren't like, oh, dude, like solving crimes. It's like this was before like the true crime era where every other day there was not another true crime podcast popping up and shit. It's like so weird that it's a this crazy mystery. Um, yeah, that it's like a a detective movie. It is. It's a- <laughs> Even though the word detective is in the title. Like, that's definitely what this is about. And yet somehow watching it now, I'm still like, no. Really? <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this fucking movie is crazy. But but you can definitely tell that he's doing a lot of improv and that he's just like Jim Carrey's just embodying this character. And like, that he is like a good actor, even though what yeah. he's doing is fucking like out of control like dude him when he the funniest parts in this entire movie to me are at the party when he when he's walking through the hall or when he's walking through all the musicians no one in that room those are professional musicians they are legitimately playing that music right there 
and he pulls the cellist's arm for no reason. No one knew he was going to do that. And if you watch, several members of the orchestra start losing their shit as soon as it pans away because no one knew he was going to do that. <laughs> and then, like, when he's like, I'm going to start scoping things out, and he starts putting, like, he starts eating stuff. And then the guy standing next to him <laughs> is <laughs> looking at him and he looks away, and he, A starts showing him the food in his mouth and stuff. And then every time he looks away, he stops. It's, it's physical comedy, but it's also like only a seven-year-old would think this is funny. Exactly right. That's why we loved it when we were seven. Exactly, like, and that's so why much I think value it's so funny in Jim Carrey when you're like, seven. No, how do you write that in a script though? Like that's what I'm saying. Like improv is just like okay, now walk up to the table and just start eating food. Show it to that guy. No, that looks insane on a script. It looks insane in the finished cut of the movie. It's like, that's exactly the kind of thing that I hate about (laughs) this, where I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. But it's very, I do think it's worth us talking about it, because this was huge in the 90s. This was like comedy. This is like what people thought was funny in the 90s. Like, they did. That was, that I just, ugh, God damn it. This I can't, but I can't believe that he got a, a in theater sequel one year after this. Oh movie yeah, came out. like what the fuck? They were just that to me cranking. means that they expected this to do well. They, this was already planned ahead, they or they like, rushed it because one. it yeah, didn't or go they were, so well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it made decent money. I, but let's so let's talk about the plot of this movie. Yeah, like all the yeah. all the absolute madness that is like what actually happens here. I don't know that I followed a lot of this kind of premise in the plot, like, but I enjoyed in the beginning, like he's rescuing that dog from somebody's ex. I never clocked that. I didn't understand that when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. So they like, they've split up or whatever. And he has to pretend to be a UPS driver. It's actually not UPS. It's like N- NDS or something like that. But if you look at it in the mirror, it says UPS. ESL. Oh, really? Yeah. That's um, funny. And it just, it basically just shows you like what he does and all that stuff. Like, obviously there's really not okay things <laughs> with what he does, like straight up kidnapping the dog or whatever, but. Yeah. Right. The like it, judge, sh- jury and executioner up in here. Oh, and he I just know. Decides. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, Hey, you're an asshole and you don't get this dog. This is where this dog belongs. He's doing like dog justice, but I mean, I don't know. I, I know. at least a handful of people who have lost pets uh tragically or retained them during breakups and that it's been a thing um but no i like right away when the movie started i was like oh i didn't really get his like that we got a glimpse into his day-to-day and then he's broke as fuck doing it right that it's like this is his passion project but he has absolutely no money and he's trying to pay for all these crazy pets that are in the house and like Mm. i that that was kind of like his whole thing that he's doing is so weird like oh i I don't know i don't know what to say about it i'm like we we get like a good (laughs) it's it's just like it's really funny because you look at him and you're just like this guy is fucking nuts but then this like very clearly playboy model lady is asking if she can take his pants off. So it's also showing that like, he's like attractive to women and like, but that's why he doesn't have money is because he's doing all these things for like, not monetary return. 
and he has so many pets to feed. He has and so he's like, we many don't have goddamn any. pets. Yeah, he talks about like not having food because he can't afford it, and like all he does is buy pet food, and like he. He's constantly this, trying to find this like rare bird, which, by the way, guys, that's just a pigeon. There's nothing special kind of about that. That little through line was kind of funny. The white pigeon or whatever. The albino I, pigeon or what? Yeah. I do want to draw attention to the sex, though. Because. Because yes, it's everywhere. There's a ton of it. Jim Carrey hooks up with three different people in this movie. And I do not see Jim Carrey as sexual. Wait, does he? At all. Yeah. He hooks up with the lady at the beginning and Courtney Cox. And the bad guy. Oh, I mean, they, they, don't like, have sex, they make but out. They yeah, up. but yeah, they definitely like, yeah, that's fair. Like he has like a sexual encounter with three that's different people. That's very true. You're, yeah. And I don't see Jim Carrey as sexual at all. I don't think anybody ever did. Are there any of his other movies where he is in a romantic relationship that's like explicitly sexual. Like I, I don't think the Truman show counts cause that's all trauma. It's also not real. And um, it's like romance and well, his... and Laura Linney isn't even in love with him. She's like a hired actress. No, not Laura Linney. Uh, the one who's like trying to tell him the truth and they end up in love. Oh. like, it's like a love story, but it's not. Yeah. Sexual. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, shit. Okay. I... Yeah. Zoe not... Chanel, he kind of does in Yes Man, but it's not like a weird sexual thing. It's just like they're building a healthy relationship because he's like open to doing things with her. Okay. And he's um, divorced in Liar Liar. He's divorced in Liar Liar, but they have weird sexual tension at the end of the movie because they get back together. And then um, he... Uh, Eternal Sunshine is a romance, isn't it? It's like a weird... I wouldn't call it a romance. It's not it's not overly sexual, right? No, I guess it's, it's super not. This movie is extremely sexual. And I'm yeah. like I think if they Ew. just threw that in there because it's the nineties and they were like, just, Courtney Cox is hot right now because the friend the Friends show is doing super well. Jokes. Friends didn't premiere until November of True the same story. year. True story. True story. I retract had, my previous statement. Friends was not out when Courtney Cox made this movie. Um yeah, it's it's really weird how sexualized he is in this to me. That's what, and I guess maybe that's like judgy and not nice on my part. But I just look at at Jim Carrey, and he's just not sexual to me. And I'm not used to seeing him be framed as sexual, especially in a movie where he is so fucking goofy. But like one of the first things that we see is like he's having like this crazy blowjob, right? Because that's how oh, they portray yeah. it. It's so weird, right? Real like, friendly like, around here. Yeah, like what is this fucking movie? Like, no wonder yeah. I didn't know there was sex in it. That's not what a blowjob looks like. Oh yeah, I had no fucking clue when I was a kid what was happening. I was like, why did she take his pants off? What does that mean? And then he's like being thrown around the room and shit. Like, yeah, what? it's ridiculous. Like that. Then the you're worst. like, okay, these animals are all in the bedroom with them, and they had sex three times, and then and then a fourth time, and then a fourth time. Yeah. Well, and they and this, of course, is like propagating this myth that that women are like, let's just go forever. Like where oh, men yeah. take it as being like, um, I'm not going to come if you're in and out of me in like one second and we don't yeah. do anything to try to make me come into women want to have endless sex for hours. Um, and I'm sorry, guys, but that's actually not what we were trying to tell you. Um, that was... <laughs> That was taken the wrong way and has been super out of context, guys. So the yeah, not really though. Like this whole like, oh my god, four times in a row, and I'm like, oh god. (laughs) (laughs) 
four times in a row. <laughs> Courtney, you don't look like you're getting anything out of this. Like, I just. I mean, she looks pretty winded, dude. Like she. It's not necessarily what you want. Like that's not. That doesn't. She's tired. She's over it. She's okay. So the when she started talking, that's I was like, dude, she's fucking like. Can we stop? No, that's kind of what I was grabbing from her from. Uh, that interaction but also the way that they're like laying i was kind of like okay she's like still here though so she's kind of into it they're trying to make it impressive that he just keeps being able to get it up like it's just a weird it's it's just one of those things that's strange trying to make him seem like an animal like yeah it's i don't know man it's just (laughs) all so the 90s were fucking weird and uh they were the sex stuff in this movie is weird. And just Adam Sandler is a more believable, like sexy goofball to me than Jim yeah. Carrey. I'm, I guess, I guess the point of this particular section of the episode is that I'm not attracted to Jim Carrey. And I thought it was really weird that all these other people were. That'll so. be our poll on Instagram, by the way, guys. Is yeah. It's Jim Carrey sexy. Is Jim Carrey attractive enough. The answer is, huh? It's just, is he a sexual being? Like I just see him as yeah. being so either asexual or like stalwartly divorced. Well, it's right. like, like it's kind of like the know. way I think about Will Ferrell too, because when Will yeah. Ferrell first came on the scene in SNL, he was jacked, and then he mm. got fat for comedic purposes. Well, and he wasn't really fat. No, he well, okay, but he like he gained weight and stopped working out as much to get like roles. He got the dad bod, like he popularized the regular Joe kind of thing. Like, in yeah, totally. and, like is that true? Too, I have to look that up. Like he intentionally, no, not actually weight. did, but like, I'm just saying like, he was the first one where we're just like, dude, this guy is like still popular and like funny and whatever, but like, he's not ripped. He's not Tom oh, I didn't Cruise. Feel he's like, not like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. I don't feel like the guys in Ghostbusters were super ripped. Like I'm thinking of other comedies. Like None the of them pull either. 90s. Oh yeah, that's true. Right, they're not framed as being sexual. That's true. Yeah. But Will Ferrell genuine generally isn't either. Like even when he has romance stories, it's really innocent, like an elf. I mean, or... it depends on the movie because in Anchorman, Veronica Corningstone oh, is yeah. like all over him. That's right. They have like weird Jim Carrey style sex yeah. in Anchorman. You're right. Anchorman's <laughs> fucking weird, man. That's like the most out there of his movies, and it's good. Yeah. I love Anchorman. Don't get me wrong, but it's like. Yeah, you're right. And that's weird. Isn't that sex scene uncomfortable? It's the same kind of thing. Oh, it is. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Same as this with Jim Carrey. It's really strange. As like they do it in Zoolander too. Like there's this weird sexual tension with him and his his assistant. So what is the thing with like actually, you know what? They do it in Talladega Nights too. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. He's a hella sexual being in Talladega Nights. The what's his fit? His wife flashes him at the NASCAR rally and then well, she is, that's that's her character just being hilarious. Well, but no, yeah. I'm thinking of when he w- makes out with Amy Adams, like the ridiculous oh, yeah. over the top makeout scene. Like th- we're gonna so make the animal noises. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there's something to this, to this weird, not sexual, funny sex scene yeah, that I-, I guess Jim Carrey is popularizing right now, and I guess maybe I don't totally hate it because I like it when when Will Ferrell does it later. Like that's funny that we're gonna make animal noises line. That's funny. That's. Do- you know, like, maybe does, does this come back in in like American Pie and stuff? American Pie sex is taken way more seriously most of the time. Either it's a total joke, like uh, like fucking the the pie. And what does he fuck? The pie. Yes, yeah, it's, the, the, it's wow. a pie. It's that's what the movie's about. Um, 
No, there's in the sequel. There's fruit. There's another movie where no, it's the fruit. other one he he fucks a cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say can- I was thinking cantaloupe, so I was I had the sequel in my mind. But um, it's either crazy like that, or it's like taken a lot more seriously, like um, Stifler's mom. Well, kind of Stifler's mom. I was thinking of the other couple. What's the one that like they're already together and they're planning to have sex the whole time? Oh shit! Um, the not, lacrosse player yeah, and the redhead, not, uh, Sean William Scott. No, um, the other one. God damn it! I can't remember. I it's been a while since I've seen because Sean Williams the one that's, is Stifler. Yeah, it's it's the the one that's actually a couple. Like of all the boys in American Pie, they're all trying to have sex yeah. that night. There's one of them that actually is like guaranteed that's happening. You're in a serious relationship, and you guys have decided that you're going to do this. Like they handle that pretty seriously. They're like straight missionary. Like the music's nice. It's slow. They I talk about it. I genuinely don't remember. He's wow. the one who he goes down on her in the beginning and she's yelling, I'm coming, I'm coming, while her dad's calling her down for dinner or whatever. Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. And he reads in the book about how to, like, my Do mom took alphabet. me to see that in theaters. Yeah. I, in 1999 my, when I was 12. I, I didn't see any of that shit in theaters. Oh, yeah. I, my okay, mom was so like, like, let's go. It looks funny. Let's go fucking see this. And no. I'm like, all right. Like, the most R-rated thing that had ever been released up to that point. No. Sex was, like, the one thing kept from me in my childhood. Like, my dad went to go see the South Park movie and told me that it was fucking hilarious, but I wasn't allowed to see it just because of that scene where Saddam Hussein pulls out all those dildos. <laughs> My mom gave me the VHS. She was like, go wild. This was awesome. I mean, like when I got older, I went and saw the Jackass movie with my dad. And one of the first things you see is them shitting on a dollhouse. So I'm like, okay. Well, that's not sexual, right? Like that's, yeah. I guess that's what you're saying. Like you were allowed to see. Yeah, I was like, like who that, the fuck but... cares about that? I, You've see... been making me watch Alien since I was like four years old. What the fuck? And I fucking hated Jackass because it was just stupid. Yep. And I just don't have patience for idiocy. I just don't. I, just, I also I'm think sorry, a part of that is because jackass, you're not a dude. Like, it. genuinely, I'm not trying to be. No, I think that's a reasonable, like, that's I, not very f- much something that most girls enjoyed. I think I was just surrounded by that, like, culture of it's a stupid thing. And my friends and I are stupid teenagers. Obviously, we're going to think this is funny. But you also went to private school and I think that's got a lot to do with it too. Your education didn't stem from <laughs> the public sphere. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, w- I think I've had my, my head up my ass for a long time. In I life, think you have too. I honestly think that I just look at that and I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. I can't even, <laughs> I cannot find value in this. Like I'm out. Well, and also just like how gross it is. Like part of it is, well, yeah. like, I'm not, I don't think that someone taking a shit on a dollhouse has any value in society. So I just, that's maybe I do just, Maybe I do just live in an ivory tower. I don't know. We're like, this is, this is an interesting conversation about comedy and its evolution though, isn't it? If even if there's not a lot to say about Ace Ventura. Well, no, I I think, I think this movie helped start that conversation and I think it helped open the door to the possibility that comedy didn't have to be part of a subgenre. Like it wasn't like drama with comedy in it. Like, cause up to that point you had other comedies like Fletch and like arthur and stuff but there was still like a sense of drama behind them mm-hmm. or like big or big yeah or Which you know, we should like, have done we should pull out the temp pad for big one we day should pull out the temp pad send us feedback big. guys do you want us to do big that was a good movie we haven't yeah. done any tom hanks so 
Anyway, the 90s were like a really exciting time to be alive. Comedy is the thing that was happening. I got a couple questions for you about this actual movie, though. Yeah, beyond, let's go. Beyond the weird sex, which actually I'm glad we had that conversation. That is a thing in comedy, guys. Weird fucking this blowjob is a thing. This started something. <laughs> I want to bring up the bummer part of this before I bring up the funny yes, part of the plot. Please let's, do. let's not end on the bummer. Let's just, no. but, but let's not ignore it either. So, the- no, and actually, I'm glad that that's, I think that's why I wanted to do this is because we just came off Mrs. Doubtfire and now we have another opportunity to talk about this. Yeah, we got another problem with transphobia yeah. and we're just L- LGBTQ equals bad is kind of the plot of this movie. So it's because yeah. so do go see if you want to see us talk about um like trans issues and representation in the 90s. Do go check out Mrs. Doubtfire because it's a much longer conversation than we're about to have. But this movie, we can definitely add to the list with Mrs. Doubtfire, Silence of the Lambs, Nip Tuck for those who watch that. Yep. Uh, for depicting trans people as predatory, trying to trick you or or being like mentally ill. And what for a reminder for those who don't remember this plot, who have no interest in rewatching this, we do it so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> the the plot of this is all this time later in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an ex an ex football player for the Miami Dolphins, a disgruntled ex football player for the Miami Dolphins, um, kidnaps the dolphin mascot which that is the other question that i haven't want to talk about so we'll save it because i don't fucking understand (laughs) i I have questions about that that we'll get to in a second um and it 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 they're trying to find they're doing their detective story they're trying to find out who stole the dolphin because they believe that that person is also going to try and kill dan marino right slash destroy the world i don't know and you know six and one half a dozen the other really it's unclear to me what the plan was but um but what ends up happening, the big twist in the movie, they figure out like kind of about halfway through that it must the bad guy must be this disgruntled ex player. But the big twist is that that disgruntled ex player is now a woman who's been in the plot all along as fucking someone. I don't know. I think she works for the Dolphins or she's an investigator or a cop. Who what is, is she? What the is bad the guy? Question? Oh, the bad guy. She's the chief of police. Sure. Great. So this disgruntled ex football player somehow manages to become chief of police and is is now a woman and is trans. Oh my god! I never even thought of that till right now. Yeah. How in the fuck? But all right, sure. <laughs> She's the chief of police, and this is worse than Mrs. Doubtfire in terms of the representation because um, yeah, this is played this- purely for aha and shock. Well, uh, yes, and this character is actually trans. This yeah. is not Robin Williams playing a role like in Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire is explicitly not trans. Um, right. Nothing about Robin Williams as Daniel changed. Yeah. Daniel's playing a character in a costume. Um, and it ha- there's a lot to say about trans stuff and in that. And again, go check out that episode. But in this one, the character is actually trans um, in the horrific scene where Jim Carrey rips all her clothes off to prove that this is the bad guy. And also it's very much text, not subtext that like part of what makes this character, the bad guy is that she's trans. Um, that, that is the duplicity is part of the scheme. Like it, like it's like, it's something that she's done in order to get back at the Miami dolphins rather than who she is. Meanwhile, she has had surgery. Uh, she's had top surgery. Um, her hair has grown out like all of the things. Right. And, and Jim Carrey is just ripping her clothes off to prove that 
she's evil because she's trans and also, you know, kidnapped Dan Marino and stuff. So it's, it's just another story where it's like the bad guy is trans because trans people are bad and they are sneaky and they're duplicitous and they're trying to trick you and they're trying to use their trans status to gain access to you or to hide or to commit crimes. And this is as guilty as anything else of creating that stereotype in society. Like this is where it comes from. If you guys want to know say why this people probably think that is way. the biggest culprit, honestly. Uh Silence of the Lambs. Actually Silence of the, the Lambs biggest. probably yeah, that one nothing recovered from Silence of the Lambs. That that did some serious damage, you're right. Yeah, but this one has more of the element of really trying to trick you of like being like hidden in plain sight and like I'm yeah. one of the characters and I'm the chief of police. I've been in this storyline the whole time and it's like surprise, it's really you all along. It's like a Scooby Doo ripping the mask off. It's yeah. awful. Uh it's and there's a couple of spots that are really, really bad. One is a montage where when Jim Carrey or Ace Ventura like figures this out. Oh, he burns all his clothes and sits in the shower and cries and yeah. Yeah, like washes his mouth out with soap and throws up and screams. And he's so disgusted because he hooked up with her, right? Right. And like, and there's a line in there that's like set up, I guess, for the big reveal where like, he's like, oh, your gun's poking me. Oh, yeah, your gun's poking into my hip. Right. Like it's and and he's like so grossed out because he's like felt this guy's dick. And then when everyone else finds out later, like at the big climax, they all have the exact same reaction and they never hooked up with her. They're having a not that that's OK either. No, 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 no. That's the implication. Is they're it? All, yeah, they're all throwing up and washing their mouth off and stuff because she made out with all of them. That doesn't really make it better, but I it doesn't make my, it better, but it, it is something that people misconstrued all the time. That's why the guy next to uh, that's why Ace is like good friend on the force. The guy that's with Miranda is like actively scraping his tongue off. I thought it was just their reaction to a trans person. So I guess it's like it's hardly better, but it's not as bad. It's not that much better. Yeah. It's still pretty bad. Um, it's it's just crazy that we just didn't used to see a problem with this, that this yeah. was like totally fine. It was it was just out there. Like I said, it's text, not subtext. Like it's. Well, no. It's, and it's one of those things like you couldn't make this today, but sitting in the room in the 90s, somebody was like, wouldn't it be wild if it turned out to be a dude? I like the way that Disney puts it. It wasn't OK then. It wasn't OK then. And it's not OK now. But we're not going to not talk about it or acknowledge it, but we're going to do it within the right context. I mean, I think that's our mantra, the way that we handle this, right? When we have it come up. Um, I mean, even with like Milo and Otis, that was like objectively hilarious, but then it was like, oh, but the cat died. I Um, wish we had more movies that had that warning on it. Yeah, I think that the I actually kudos to the way the Disney company puts that, that it's it was never okay, And what is okay is to when reviewing it, and like doing retrospectives on this stuff to like put it in its correct context. And that doesn't mean that we're saying that it's okay. Just because it's the year 1994 does not make this okay. But no, not it at is all. the we do need to understand the context in which it was made. And like we said in the Mrs. Doubtfire episode, being trans was in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistics Manual. It's how um, we diagnose in psychology. And this was considered like a disorder in the DSM at this time. And that is, has been corrected and is wrong. So it's, it's just interesting to think about like, this is just how we used to act. It's not even that 
Like at least like Mrs. Doubtfire, it was like, this is so fucking crazy. Oh yeah. But like these jokes, this is exactly how we all were in the early nineties. Um, and it's, it's a shame. Uh, all right. Now let me, let me ask you the, let me take it, lighten it up. Why does Ace Ventura like keep so many animals hostage in his home? And like, in this, like, not like, why is there an otter in the, in the, in the toilet and why in the beginning of this movie, they assume that it must be animal rights activists who kidnapped the dolphin. Why wouldn't Jim Carrey be on their, their side? Is it because he's so fucking broke? Like explain the plot of the movie to me, Scott. So, happening? <laughs> so yeah, the, the basic plot of the movie is Finkel blames Dan Marino for the missed kick. Because he thinks that Dan Marino held the ball with the laces in. And if you know anything about football, the laces are supposed to be out so that you have a flat plane to cl- to kick. If the laces are in, it can snag on your shoe. It can cause like weight distribution problems. There's more to it than that. but Oh, that's what that's about? Yeah. All right, cool. Go on. So that's why he says when he kicks the ball, it sails wide left and they lose the game. I was today um, years old. Yeah. Thought that was just a thing you say in football, and this guy was just like obsessed with football. So, all right, okay, no, that's like literally what happened. So, Learned something. I he mean. basically like he became this like NFL pariah. Which, if again, if you guys know anything about the NFL, kickers miss field goals all the fucking time. It no one is going to be like fuck that guy. Maybe, maybe if it's like the tenth time that day, probably making a tweet about maybe it's time to get this kid out of here. Or put the guy without eyeballs in, or something like that. <laughs> like, don't make a joke. But no one's gonna be like, "This guy is a massive piece of shit. Get him the fuck out of here." But that's what happened to Finkel. Is the Dolphins basically turned him into this pariah, and Marino became like this. Like we, everybody knows Dan Marino's name. Now he's like part owner of the Dolphins, and you know all this stuff. But so he blames. Marino for everything. So he has gone through this long plan. He's changed the way he looks. He's changed everything about him. He somehow, I can't believe I never noticed this until just now, but somehow became the fucking chief of police yep, in just, Miami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and kidnaps Snowflake in order to stall the Super Bowl in order to provide more time for these commercials to be shot with Dan Marino and so that he can set up Dan Marino getting kidnapped. And then Dan Marino gets kidnapped and he plans to kill Dan Marino for everything that happened to him. And we know that because when actually, you know, what's really weird because of the way this movie presents it, how am I supposed to address Einhorn? Uh, Einhorn is the chief of police, right? Yes. I'm going with she, I, she but I, right? Yeah, but I have I have no idea what the yeah. movie's trying to tell us. Like that's the problematic part is like the movie sets it up as though uh I, I don't know anybody's names. Um what's 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 Finkel the becomes I Finkel, right, right, right. Finkel. The movie sets it up as though Finkel has become trans as part of his grand plan. That's what's so right. fucked okay. up about it. All right. or it's part of what's so fucked up about it, Go right? Ahead. Is that it's like a trick. That the whole thing is just a trick, but that Right, to get He's close to Dan Marino super, super and take this But then it's like, yeah. that doesn't track, right? So I'm kind of going with she, because I'm like, obviously, yeah. like, 
I just, but I don't know because the, the because the movie's so fucking problematic. I don't really know what it's trying to tell us. Um, anyway, so, so, I don't know, but, but, but yeah, yeah becomes chief of police, which is, but, th- but then it's like, but I don't understand Ace Ventura's motivation here of like, they're going to pay him like, to do it. They're going to pay him to find Snowflake. That's so he doesn't literally have any it. real. No, he doesn't give a shit. He's just an animal animals. activist. No, no, he's, but he's like, but he's not, or he would, because they tell him, oh, we think it's like animal activists. Do we think that he's just like such a great detective that he's like, no way, it's not, it's not animal rights groups. That dolphin's in danger. Or is he like, yeah, fuck it, if they did set it free, I'm busting him anyway. I need a paycheck for me and my otter that lives in the Honestly, toilet. Honestly, it's, it's probably <laughs> like both. If I'm being totally like straight up That's honest insane. about it, it's probably both. He, we already know he absolutely needs money because he's spending half of this movie looking for this goddamn albino pigeon, um, which is worth like twenty five large, which I still don't understand. That it's a, it's a lot of money for a pigeon, pigeon. in nineteen ninety four. I I guess, but at the same time, like he cares about animals, and we know he cares about a lot of animals because he cares for a lot of different kinds of animals in his apartment. He tells the story to Miranda when they're in the the filing office like looking for everything um we know he like does all this stuff because he loves animals i think he was smart enough to know that this wasn't animal activists because if it was they would have said something by that point right they would have made a statement yeah they would have been like we've got snowflake we've rescued snowflake like if it was really animal activists they would have been proud of what they just did yeah because they want to draw attention to right the cause and everything that yeah. makes sense never mind that they think, literally committed a massive fucking crime but you know i don't get why he keeps all these animals in his apartment he just loves Is it because animals. it's funny it's because it's just well and it's of- funny and yeah you're like oh he's good with animals and he's good at training them and they listen to him and stuff right. and they do that a lot in the second one too when he causes a stampede in the mansion all mm-hmm. these animals just listen to him because he screamed like tarzan from his ass like, Mostly just makes me remember Jumanji, which is also not on the timeline. Also not on the timeline. Why is that not on the timeline? I thought it was on the timeline. I'm. What is happening right now? 1995 is about to be fucking insane. Hell yeah, dude, let's go. We're never getting out of 95. <laughs> no, this is about to become like the 1995 podcast. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, rumor requirement? Yeah, let's get down to the rumor requirement. Sorry, my back like won't crack. There we go. Got it. <laughs> mm. um, yes, that's Hector Salamanca. Yeah, that was awesome. He was the evil landlord. And I said, hey, it's Hector. <laughs> um, it's actually I another one of my that. favorite parts. Ventura. Yes, Satan? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were someone else. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Courtney Cox is here, but Friends premieres seven months from now, like we said. Uh Later on in this year. So you know what's weird? She right looks before. older in this than she does in Friends. Is that weird? Uh, no, she's supposed to be older in this than she's supposed to be in Friends. It's the way they're dressing her and doing her hair oh, uh, and okay. her clothes and makeup and stuff. Because in Friends, and this is fucking true, uh, Monica is 22 in season one of Friends. No, she's not. Yeah, her. Watch. Watch season one of Friends. They say, but I'm 22 or I'm 23. Oh my god! It's not, yeah, they are in their early twenties. Um, I think she's twenty three, fresh out of college. She's um, a chef, man. That doesn't make you know what I don't have time. None for. of none of the setup in Friends makes any goddamn sense. 
that's the whole thing. To answer your question, by the way, yes, the Miami Dolphins did actually have a dolphin mascot. Yeah, which is gross. That dolphin lived in that horrible little tank for yep. two years in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that. I did have a question about the, they play the music impossible music when Mission he's impossible. like sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's the Mission Impossible music. And I was like, that's so well done. That's so 90s. Like that all just like makes me feel like it's 1994 all over again. And, but I'm like, that Mission <laughs> Impossible didn't come out until 96. So And like, that is the music. I shazammed it. So like, what the fuck? How is the Mission Impossible theme appearing in two years before Mission Impossible? This is why I love you. And this is why I love having this show as a means to like teach you shit. Mission yeah, Impossible what was, the fuck? It was a show in the 60s, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Martin Landau was on it. Um, somebody else was really famous on that. I can't remember, but yeah, it was a show from the sixties. It was like seven or eight seasons. I had no idea, and I was like, "How is this happening? How are they doing this?" Yeah, because the first like, one with Tom Cruise came out uh, two two years later. Yeah, in ninety six, and yeah. so and I was like, "How are they?" Do-? I was like, "Oh, that's so funny!" Like I remember when we were kids in the nineties. We would do the theme song all the time, right? Like you're yep. playing in the playground, you're running around, you like we did that. And I was like, this is so funny. Like, of course, I thought this was hilarious. Like we would have done this too. Like this was totally the thing. And then I was like, how? What the fuck? Like, wait a second. Like, did they? And I was really confused. So thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. That helped me a lot. <laughs> If I do nothing else here, it's I educate. Um, So confused. Yeah. And I love that you wrote, I shazammed that scene. I was like, I know exactly what that means. And I fucking hate it. Oh, of course we all know what that means. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) so I was like, what the fuck? How is it? Because I thought maybe it's not Mission Impossible. I was like, maybe I'm an idiot. And this is from a different movie. That song. That's what I thought. I was like, you're an Uh, asshole. That's not even the Mission Impossible music because it didn't come out yet. (laughs) It must be something different. So I rewound it and shazammed it. And I was like, there's some kind of fucking time machine happening. Like, what's going on? How did they know this? Yep. Now they had it, man. Loaded up for the last almost 30 years. Uh, Here's something that I thought was insane. Like, genuinely, I thought this was fucking nuts. When the movie was first being written and they were looking for people to play, Judd Nelson and Alan Rickman, along with Adam Sandler and Rick Moranis, were originally considered to play the, the part of Ace Ventura. And this would have been when they conceived of the part as he's just an idiot. Yeah. Right? As he's just a moron. I can't picture Alan Rickman, and I can't even picture Rick Moranis because he just seems like no. such a nerd. There's no way that Alan Rickman could or would have done this. There's no way see, he would have done this. I can see Sandler, though. Sandler would have been all over this shit. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But Jim Carrey agreed to take the role on two conditions. The character had to be, or he had to have as much zany physical comedy as possible. But like I said in the beginning, he couldn't be a bumbling idiot as it was originally written. He wanted him to be crazy and off the wall and shit, but he wanted him to be good at his job. Yeah. Which makes it more of a Sherlock Holmesy thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but Sherlock Holmes, but like deeply fucking weird. Yeah. What did you give this movie? Mm. 
This is hard. Because I made you watch this movie. I made you feel really bad. Um, no, I agreed that it was... I think this was worth doing. I think this was worth, like, thinking about comedy in the 90s. Like, this is what the yeah. podcast is about. This is a good movie to touch on that. That's fair. Things are changing in the world. Um, I honestly, like, I have to give this probably... Seven, seven point, oh, wow. seven point two out of ten, dude. And it is. It's like I said earlier. It's like it's the nostalgia thing for me. It is still so funny. I lose my shit every time he is showing his food to the guy standing next to him at the dinner party, or when he pretends not to be able to open the door, or all the quick witted shit like this is double pane soundproof glass. There is no way that that neighbor. And like, but he uses really insane shit to prove that things are right by like standing outside on the balcony and screaming back and forth and shutting the door and opening it and shutting the door and all that stuff. But then there's also like really quick witted comedy, like who let Dr. Doolittle in like stuff like that. It will always be funny to me. I love quick witted humor. That's why one of my favorite movies of all time is Fletch. But now that we've talked about <laughs> now that we've talked about this, it. It genuinely blows my mind that even watching this, I it is such a huge fucking plot hole how Einhorn became fucking chief of police. That genuinely doesn't fucking make sense to me. It is kind of unexplained of like it's it's there's so much like shock value of like the trans reveal, right? Like the big twist that nobody mm-hmm. thinks about it. Like which is just yeah all the it's just so problematic and but so weird um i gave us a four out of ten because it just was it was just so so weird and just not it's strange it's strange because as we talked about a bunch it does usher in a era of comedy that is not my favorite in a lot of ways and yet when it was happening, I loved it. Something I've really, like, I do not have the nostalgia that you have for this. It, the parts of it that gave it above a fucking two are the nostalgia that I have for it. Yeah. I kind of like, figured oh, that's yeah. where we were headed, honestly. Yeah, there was, there's definitely parts of this that I laughed at watching it now. And I loved this movie as a kid. This was, like, my favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, I was allowed to watch Batman forever. Yeah. Batman Batman forever. Forever. I was only allowed to watch the parts that had Jim Carrey in it. Cause I begged, I was like, (laughs) he's in another movie. I don't give a fuck about Batman mom. I just want to see Jim Carrey do stuff. And she's like, okay. Like I loved him. And it's weird that that nostalgia doesn't carry me more than the two points to get him to a four. Cause I just really don't like this era of comedy and this style of comedy very much. I'll be a lot happier when we do talk about Anchorman, which I'll put on there. Because yeah, today's Anchorman, been about adding stuff to the it timeline. It really huh? kind of has, man. We've spent um, like the last like 20 minutes trying to figure out what is and is not on there. Damn you. Yeah. But um, do send us if there's stuff that you guys want to see in the upcoming exciting 90s. Let us know. Yes, please do. We have a lot coming up from Request the Timeline, too. So we are mm-hmm. we are rapidly adding stuff to our calendar. Please let us know, guys. Yeah, if you guys want us to jump ahead to something, tell us. We'll pull out the temp pad and we can go do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I know it's going to be a long time before we get to, like, like Anchorman's in 2004. So if you're dying to see that, let us know. We'll do it sooner. Stick around. But I think that's uh, I think that's enough for today. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's pretty much everything that we have to say about this. 
Um, you want to take us out of here? As always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We do hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. Please join us next week for our Christmas special. Hooray! A very timeline Christmas with Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. I'm so Yep, excited. we're going to be looking at three different versions of The Grinch. It's very, very true. Including the original. Including which... the original. Yeah. And the Jim Carrey one. So Jim Carrey will be back two weeks in a row. What's up? God help me. Yep. Uh, and then the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, animated one. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and social media in the episode descriptions. If you would like to support the podcast, we'd love you forever. And we encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can catch our special quiz show, Rewind the Timeline. And make sure to check out our website for all the timeline goodies, including our new feature, Request the Timeline, which we just spent 30 hours talking about. Uh, let us know what you want to see and we'll make it happen. Lindsay spent so much time updating the website, guys. It looks incredible. I love it. I love the work that she does. She is the greatest person that's ever been in my life. Uh-huh. Um, but until next time, yeah, stay nerdy. <laughs>